For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. Happy hump day. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I read them all. I see them all, but you got to send me one in order for me to do that. <laughs> so Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Uh, coming up on this show in the next couple of days, we've got some really, really big interviews, some fun interviews like with the Babylon Bee guys. We've also got David Limbaugh on his new book, Paul Manafort. Miranda Devine is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Really big shows. So you're going to want to tell all of your friends, you're not going to want to miss a single one. Subscribe, listen, and share the Monica Crowley podcast. All right. So yesterday we got some new economic data on the Biden economy, which sucks more than ever. But I don't want to do that today. I'm going to do that on Friday because today I've got a really important story that I want to get into that is getting little to no coverage except for here on the Monica Crowley podcast. I want to bring you an exclusive story about a certain branch of the U.S. military and how wokeness is destroying our military readiness. We also have a blockbuster interview coming up with former Lieutenant Colonel Matt Lohmeyer of the Space Force, who actually lost his career. He was fired, relieved of duty, because he chose to speak out on the neo-Marxist revolution going on in the U.S. military. So a big interview with him coming up, but I do want to bring you the story that is exclusive to us right here on the Monica Crowley podcast. And it has to do with how wokeness and this neo-Marxism, the revolution has infected everything. We talk a lot about it on this show. And I talk a lot about how our institutions across the board have been infected by politics, but it's not just politics it is this neo-Marxist revolution, and it's showing itself particularly in institutions that are there to keep us safe and protected, like the U.S. military. The reason this is so important and the reason why I want to spend today's show talking about it is because without a U.S. military, we have no country. 
We often talk about the economy. We talk about the border. If we have no border, we have no country. All of that is true. But at base, without a functioning U.S. military that is geared for one purpose and one purpose alone, which is to fight and win wars, to kill the enemy if necessary. When you've got a military that is there to protect and defend you, the United States and America's interests, without that, and without the military solely focused on that mission, we have no country. I used to say this all the time after 9-11, if we are not protected as a country from our, our enemies, both foreign and domestic, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of this other stuff matters. The economy, uh, critical race theory, again, all critically important, but in the end, none of it matters if we're all dead, which is the objective of a lot of our enemies like the CCP, like the Iranian regime, like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. We have a ton of external enemies who are, are dying to kill us all off. That's why we've got a U.S. military to protect and defend against that and make sure that we can live and have all of the rights afforded to us by the founders. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is first for a reason. The founders knew what they were doing. But without a functioning and healthy military that is focused only on that mission, we're screwed. Again, nothing else matters if we're all dead. So I want to bring you this exclusive story because it is so important. You will only get it here on the Monica Crowley podcast. So remember when President Trump created a new branch of the military called Space Force? And the Space Force, you know, it, it got a lot of mockery and a lot of people made fun of it, Space Force. And, and then they did the contest for the logo, which was very cute and the whole thing. But Trump saw the future. And the future is digital, of course, but it's also in space. National security in the future is not just going to be on the ground or here in the continental U.S. plus Alaska and Hawaii and America's interests and allies around the world. It is also going to be in space. It's going to be in the Arctic region, the Antarctic region, but primarily the future is in space. The Russians are all over space. The Chinese are all over space. The Iranians now are exploring space. National security is going to be above you not just in front of you, okay? So Trump saw that and he realized that the U.S. military needed a dedicated agency, uh, a dedicated part to uh, space and weaponizing space, making sure that we are protected up there in the heavens as we are down here. It was a visionary, visionary model, he knew exactly what he was doing, and it's a, it was a brilliant move. And of course, it was brilliant, so of course, they had to uh, deride it and make fun of it. But the point is, Biden kept it. Biden wanted to get rid of a lot, and he has. He's thrown a lot of successful stuff into reverse, the economy, the border, you name it. But Space Force lives, which is very interesting and very important. However, here is what you're going to get exclusively here. The Space Force has now removed testing requirements in order to increase, you guessed it, diversity. The military's newest branch removed testing requirements for senior roles in order to allow, quote, underrepresented members to be more easily promoted. The Space Force's policy is described in a little-noticed report issued last year by the Air Force Inspector General on, quote, racial disparity. The report notes, quote, as a new service, the Space Force has reviewed existing promotion policy and procedures to determine if there is a potential adverse impact to underrepresented groups. As a result of this assessment, we made several adjustments to the Space Force evaluation and promotion systems. Here's the kicker, guys. The Space Force removed the testing requirement for grades E5 and E6 in an effort to remove potential test barriers that may limit underrepresented members from getting promoted to those grades. 
Those grades, guys, E5 and E6, are sergeant and technical sergeant, respectively. They are known as NCOs, non-commissioned officers, and they are the backbone of our military. The Space Force report goes on to say that the goal of the policy change is to, quote, ensure a more equitable review. There we go with equity. That, quote, mitigates standardized testing impacts. So no more standardized tests out the window in service of equity. So there you have it. A well-functioning, healthy military is now less important than a diverse military. And by the way, the diversity in the military naturally and organically happened. We're going to talk to Matt Lohmeyer, who lost his military career because he's pointing all of this out. But I do want to ask him this question because the military was a naturally integrated place, a meritocracy, uh, racially neutral. Anybody could succeed and anybody could fail in the U.S. military. So there is no need for this kind of activity, this kind of activism for a diverse military. The military was already naturally and organically diverse. This Space Force's decision, guys, is not an outlier. It's not just a one-off. This is happening all across our military, where you've got left-wing Marxist ideology infecting everything and trumping reason and trumping competence, which, again, when you're talking about the military, means life or death. The Navy unveiled a training video this uh, summer instructing its members on how to create a safe space by using proper gender pronouns. Yes, this is real. Meanwhile, the Army trains officers on when to offer subordinates gender transition surgery. Yes, this is also real, and you are paying for it. The New York Post just reported over the last day or so, Quote, the self-described woke chief of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the Department of Defense's education branch has a history of calling out white people on social media, according to a report. The tweets by Calissa Wing, an Army veteran, and the current DEI chief at the Department of Defense's Education Activity, first reported by Fox News, New York Post, picked it up. When Fox contacted her for comment, her Twitter account was made private, and she declined to respond, of course. Uh, She had uh, tweeted in June of 2020, quote, I'm exhausted with these white folks, folks spelled F-O-L-X, like Latinx. I'm exhausted with these white folks in these professional development sessions, she tweeted. She went on, this lady actually had the caudacity, C-A-U-D-A, C-I-T-Y, instead of audacity, caudacity, to say that black people can be racist too. I had to stop the session and give Karen the business. We are not the majority. We don't have power, she continued. Caudacity, of course, is um, it, it's, it's lingo for audacity expressed by white people, in case you were wondering there, okay? So, All of this is happening. It is everywhere. This surge in wokeness is also coming at a really bad time. Our enemies are on the march because of Biden's extreme weakness. China, Russia, Iran, the Taliban, ISIS, the cartels. You name the enemy, they're on the rise. They're increasingly aggressive because American weakness is provocative. And while they're out there plotting to destroy us, we're over here playing with pronouns. At the same time, the military is facing another really serious issue, which is a recruiting crisis. The U.S. Army, for example, um, and this was just reported, likely to miss its recruiting goal by nearly 40,000 people over the next two years. That is an absolute existential crisis. Now, one of the issues here is that Americans are too fat, so they can't clear the the basic standards. Only 23% of Americans age 17 to 24 
are even eligible to join without being granted a waiver. That's how pathetic it is. But of those Americans who are left and looking at the military, so many are just turned off by the increasingly leftist, politically correct, aggressive, militant bent of the Pentagon, which used to be conservative. Not anymore. So the good news is that I'm stunned that the Biden administration has kept the Space Force. That's good. They didn't scrap it. Remember early on they were talking about they still might, but they've kept it. So that's good news. But here's the bad news. Our enemies are emboldened. They know that they can act largely with impunity because our so-called president is a weak, mentally challenged Democrat communist. We've had trouble recruiting because of the woke insanity. And the military is last on the list of the Democrat communist priorities. You cannot carry out a Marxist revolution with a strong pro-American military force. So, as with everything else, they are deliberately undermining the military until it's so crippled that it won't be able to do what it is supposed to do, which is fight and win wars. Here's the bigger point, guys. The left does not want us winning wars. They don't believe we're worthy of superpower status, and they want to take us down. No longer America the exceptional. Oh, no. They want America just another country on the UN roster. Nothing special. They want everything that has always made us powerful, and great and good to be torn down and stomped on. And that includes a strong military. So they're trying to turn the military into just another woke zombie institution that they can play with and mold in their own communist image. Guys, I don't need to tell you how dangerous this is. We are going to lose a major war. That's how dangerous it is. I can't tell you how that war is going to play out. I can't tell you against which enemy it's going to be, how many will die, what the fallout will be. I don't know. But just know that it will not be pretty. In fact, it's likely to be catastrophic where we, the vanquished, will be turned into serfs, slaves, controlled by whatever power defeats us. You think that's far-fetched? It's not. Not with a weak, hobbled, pronoun-driven U.S. military. Their job is to fight and kill the enemy, to win wars. And instead, they're focused on lowering standards in the name of diversity, doing gender reassignment surgery, and avoiding misgendering somebody. The military is for rough men and women willing to fight and kill for this country. If you're offended by pronouns, the military is probably not the place for you. And yet, here we are. And we, you and me, we are furious that our communist leaders are putting us in this position. We are furious that we have a demented communist commander-in-chief who is literally taking the country off a cliff and putting us all in danger. Over the weekend, we just marked the 21st anniversary of 9-11. That's going to look like child's play compared to what's coming. And we will be the ones to die or be injured or be enslaved. Us, not them. They'll protect themselves. They don't give a crap about us. In fact, they're happy when we suffer. They're destroying the country and all of its protections and its protectors on purpose. It's all by design. All right, when we come back, we're going to do a deep dive into this with a U.S. military veteran, a veteran of the Space Force, actually the first veteran of the Space Force who was relieved of duty for exposing the insane wokeness. It's madness. He is an American hero, and he is going to join us here next. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. 
I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Well, to dig a little bit deeper into the unbelievable dangers uh, that we face thanks to a wokeified military, I am delighted to welcome former Space Force Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, who was relieved of duty in March of last year for writing a book on the Marxist agenda in the military. The book is called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American military, in which he writes, quote, our diversity, inclusion, and equity industry, and the trainings we're receiving in the military are rooted in critical race theory. For this, he was fired. Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer joins me now. Welcome to you, sir. Monica, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and thank you so much for taking the time. And also, thank you for your service, your sacrifice, and your courage in exposing what is happening to our military. I'm sure when you joined, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you didn't expect your career to end this way over this subject. So first, before we get into what you found and the decision you made to expose it all, tell us a little bit about your story. Why did you want to join the military to begin with? And then why did you want to join the Space Force? Well, I went to the Air Force Academy uh, 22 years ago now, um, not because I had a burning desire to serve in the military, but because I was recruited to play basketball, in fact. And it was while I was at the Air Force Academy um, that I started to take seriously the idea of military service. I didn't have uh, parents who had served in the military. Uh, My grandfather had served just the briefest of stints during the Korean War, uh, like I think less than a year. Uh, But after commissioning, I flew jets, was a T-38 instructor pilot, uh, flew F-15C, air-to-air superiority fighters, and uh, ended up in the Air Force space community. And during that 14 or 15 years before I end up in command of a a space-based missile warning unit, I had never experienced an overt politicization of the military work environment. We were always trained to be relatively apolitical, regardless of our political views. And I think most service members do a great job of that. And I certainly hadn't experienced anything like, well, let me rephrase that. Of course, some listeners will say, well, of course you didn't experience. I'll say that I don't believe that any systemic racism issues existed either in the Air Force or across the Defense Department. Uh, Those were recent narrative developments within the DOD They happen to have been prevalent in the university campuses, but hadn't yet infected our uh, military services. Uh, And frankly, it wasn't until the last couple of years we started to see that kind of chatter. Well, before we get into some of the specifics that brought you to this point, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I've got to stop you. You said you flew F-15s. Is that the same uh, class of F-15s that the President of the United States recently threatened to use on American citizens? Those F-15s? Yeah, absurd statements, aren't they? 
Just yes. absurd. Um, but yeah, there are different variants of the F-15. There's a Strike Eagle that does um, an air-to-ground mission specifically. I flew the single-seat air-to-air superiority fighter uh, that um, we use uh, to set up uh, combat air patrols and uh, essentially police the skies so that we can execute mi- military operations on the ground. So, I mean, you say absurd statement, but it's an incredibly dangerous statement coming from the American commander in chief. But we're just going to leave that there. Um, That's the subject for a different day with you and me. Um, So so when can you put can you timestamp a year when you started to see the rampant wokeness entering into rank and file military, into the training materials and so on, people coming into the military. Now they're being indoctrinated in a way that you had never seen before. Can you put a time frame on that? And when did it really start to, to raise an alarm in you where you said, wait a minute, this is more than just inclusiveness in the military. This is something else. I can put a specific timestamp on it. It doesn't mean that's when it began. But my sense of this um, radical left-wing activism that I recognized as Marxist revolutionary activism was immediately in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. Uh, Now, that's not when it began, I'll be clear, but that's when I began to recognize it because there was overt support for Black Lives Matter. There was uh, critical race theory-rooted trainings that we began to undergo. And so it was almost as if once the proper opportunity presented itself both broadly in American society, but also to certain senior military leaders who were interested in pushing that agenda, they seized that opportunity to begin to inject um, systemic racism-based narratives into uh, every uh, work environment and every branch of the military across the Defense Department. And also they came out in the Air Force and Uh, also, incidentally, the Space Force, as we fall within the Department of the Air Force, uh, what they called a racial disparity review, RDR report, that was in December of 2020, and they've since had follow-up reports. But they needed to create uh, the narrative that we, in fact, suffered from some problem that was directly linked to systemic racism so that we could begin to implement uh, a certain uh, policy agenda that would radically change the environment of our military, that would sow division. Uh, it sounds like it. Of course, I'm speaking as if this was planned. I believe it was now after having reflected on this and studied it for the past couple of years. In fact, you can tie this back. This is specifically related to your question to the uh, first Obama Biden administration in 2011. There was a military leadership and diversity commission uh, that was formed by the Obama administration to begin to go through all of the DOD regulations and Air Force instructions and so forth um, and and try to change definitions um, pertaining to diversity, inclusion and equity and to begin to instill in policy and in regulation an agenda that wouldn't um, clearly make its way into the work environment for many years. In fact, it was only in the Trump administration, unbeknownst to him, uh, that that some of those um, regulatory changes began to be manifest, you know, down the vine, so to speak, in the workplace. And we began to have to take a knee for um, race discussions. When President Trump got wind of that, actually, in the fall of 2020, he issued an executive order trying to put an end to Marxist-rooted critical race theory discussions in our military. He tried to put an end to the diversity, inclusion, and equity industry within the military because it it had the, um, the effect of abandoning a meritocratic organization uh, style uh, for one that was rooted in uh, radical egalitarianism. And uh, so there was kind of a sigh of relief that service members breathe in the fall of 2020. But then the elections occurred, of course, and we had a new regime that came in and everything was back on the table. In fact, by fiat, um, the first day that the Biden administration was in office, uh, he issued an executive order. Uh, doing away with Trump's September of 2020 executive order. And in fact, the new policy of this current administration is that the diversity, inclusion and equity equity industry um, as a matter of policy is to be implemented throughout our uh, federal agencies, including the uniformed services. And so all of the senior military leaders right now are able to simply point to the current administration's policy 
as the reason for the current agenda that they push. You know, it's such an important point, and the timeline that you laid out is also critical. First of all, let me just say, Matt, that I really appreciate your using the word Marxist. I've been out there now for a long time saying we are in the midst of a Marxist revolution or a neo-Marxist revolution. Mm -hmm. It is economic, it's cultural, it's political, it's across the board, and it's it's, uh, Marxist from top down, meaning vanguard on down, but it's also Maoist in the sense that it's bottom up. Um, So I I appreciate that you appreciate that and that you have the courage to also talk about it in these terms because it happens to be the truth. It freaks a lot of people out, but you can't manage an enemy of the kind that we're dealing with here unless and until you're willing to identify it accurately. So I appreciate your language on it. I appreciate your your, uh, keen insights on what's actually happening here in the military, but across the entire culture as well. Um, You know, you mentioned President Trump signing that order. I was at the Treasury Department. I started there as Assistant Secretary in May of 2019. Um, So I was there while you were at the Pentagon. I was in Treasury. And we had no idea that this overhang from the Obama-Biden years existed at Treasury. We just didn't see it. We, We didn't know about it. Well, it turns out, like at Treasury, just like with every government agency, These people during the Trump years burrowed in and kept quiet, but the agenda was still there and in many ways was being quietly executed so as not to attract attention, right? And then after the George Floyd murder at Treasury, it started to percolate up that some of this stuff was going on, and I and other people brought it to the secretary and we we were all stunned that it was still there and still going on right under our noses, but we weren't aware. So when people say, when people listen to you, Matt, and they say, oh, come on, you know, the Secretary of Defense didn't know, I- I'm telling you, it's entirely possible that the Secretary of Defense did not know, just as the Secretary of Treasury didn't mm-hmm. know, because they're focused on other things, bigger picture things, while these political, rather the career appointees, are busy doing this kind of agenda uh, without tra- attracting a lot of political attention. Well, let me say something about that. I think you're absolutely right. And I'll say a big, big however with um, the current Secretary of Defense. Uh, these, some of these folks were put in their position specifically to push this agenda. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin who comes in in January of 2021, same time the uh, Biden administration uh, begins, uh, announces to members of Congress and the House and Senate Armed Services Committee that he believed the greatest threats to national security were white supremacy and global climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also, of course, the timing was such that the uh, COVID-19 pandemic was something he included in that, but there was an ideological underpinning to his agenda, white supremacy or white nationalism, um, and thereby, therefore, systemic racism and global climate change. And from that day forward, after his um, confirmation, he began to institute policies, the implementation of which required every service member on down to the uh, local tactical level and whatever unit they found themselves in to stop doing whatever training mission they were doing so they could take a knee and, and have half days or full day discussions about systemic racism, about how the white man is the oppressor of black. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what our trainings were. Uh, it was all about a black white divide. I even had service members in my unit while I was in command coming and sitting me down uh, unsolicited and offering to me their their feedback that they're becoming disincentivized from continued service in the military. These were people of all races, many races, I should say, not all races, Uh, many races, probably both political persuasions, I'm not certain, Uh, but they were sick and tired of hearing about uh, a racial divide that they had never perceived existed in the services before, but that was now being foisted upon us as service members as part of a a politically activist agenda. And so I'll say with respect to the current Secretary of Defense, I think he has no business doing that job. I think he's been pushing a political agenda since day one, and it's hurting our recruitment and retention right now. But what the but what our senior military leaders want to tell you is that our, our recruitment and retention problems that we're facing are the direct outcome of COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic. And while that might play into it in some degree, for the last two years, there's been a political activism that's just simply 
uh, distasteful to the American people and to our current service members. They don't want politics in the workplace. Oh, absolutely. And when I was talking about cabinet secretaries not knowing what was going on, mm-hmm. I'm referring to the Trump cabinet secretaries That's because right. yep. the current ones like Lloyd Austin, uh, the Biden appointees, they are 100% down with this agenda. They are activists right. more than anything else. And so, of course, they're they're advocating and pushing this agenda. Of course. I meant the Trump cabinet secretaries had right. no idea. You know, when they came in, they had no idea that this was sort of right there underneath the surface. Um, you know, I want to pick up on a point, Matt, that I think is so important. And, and the change that you're describing is absolutely, first of all, is dangerous to our national security. But it's also heartbreaking because the military, in a way, in a similar way to say like the NFL, or the NBA, the military has always been a great racial melting pot, a meritocracy where all races worked, fought, and died together without any regard to race. It was a race-neutral organization. That is now gone. So talk to us about how devastating that is to you personally, of course, having devoted your life to the military and service to this country, but also how devastating it is to our national security and our military readiness. You know, the military, as you pointed out, has often led the way with regards to race relations and race integration in American society. We've done a phenomenal job uh, making sure that uh, discrimination really has no part of the workplace, because as you've mentioned, the uniformed service member has uh, no interest in race identity politics when they wear the same uniform, pursue the same mission, and when bullets are flying downrange. I'll tell you the last thing from the minds of our service members when we began to deploy some of our troops into the Eastern European theater in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the last thing on the, from from the furthest thing from their minds was, geez, I wish I had one more refresher course on my diversity, inclusion, and equity trainings. Uh, they're thinking, do I know the mission? Uh, can I use my cap- the capabilities that are invested to my stewardship properly to wage conflict in this region if necessary? They're not thinking about race identity politics. And so you're absolutely right that these things tend to serve as a distraction. Uh, they don't amplify unity. They cause division. Uh, And, you know, that happens every time you open the door and allow the diversity, inclusion, and equity industry in, uh, or worse, foisted upon uh, the military service member. You have nothing to talk about and nothing to solve unless you first create an imagined problem, in this case, systemic racism, and teach everyone about that problem, train them to believe it's a terrible problem, shame them into admitting it's a problem and that they're a part of the problem. And then you create a climate of fear so that nobody does speak up against uh, what is a politically motivated agenda that's afoot. And now you've created the basis for radical change, systemic change, and you've got your justification for the revolution that needs to get underway. It's the Marxist overthrow of the old system. Uh, and in the military's case, it's a meritocracy and the instantiation of the new, which is a neo-Marxist radical egalitarian system. And it leads to division and misery every time. It yes. has in the 20th century and it will in our day. Yes. And Marx wrote it as an economic system, economic differences, right? Um, and in this case, what the neo-Marxists are doing in America is using racist lever rather than class. But in the end, it always gets down to class and economics and power and control control in the end. Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you to please stand by. We've got a lot more I want to cover with you. This is a huge and very, very deadly important subject. First up, you guys, though, listen up, because in order to fight this battle that we're talking about, you got to get healthy or healthier. To get myself healthier, I take Field of Greens every day and you should too. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy and to stay in full fighting form. Field of Greens works fast and it tastes great. You're going to have more energy, you'll look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. So join me and take Field of Greens too. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your very first order and another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. So visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. Again, fieldofgreens.com, 
promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back with Lieutenant Colonel Matt Lohmeyer, formerly of Space Force. So while you were at Space Force and it really became a conscious thing for you, did you feel comfortable talking to others, talking to superiors, talking to your peers? Um, Did subordinates come to you and express concern? And were those concerns whispered because people were afraid for being canceled in the military for raising these legitimate issues? Excellent questions. Uh, Yes, I felt comfortable bringing my concerns to the chain of command, and I did that. I talked to my immediate supervisor, Colonel, uh, at the base. I talked to all the way up the chain to uh, General Jay Raymond, who's the commander of the Space Force, and he uh, sympathized with my concerns, agreed that it was a big problem that we were injecting race identity politics into the workplace. And in fact, he began to have uh, discussions both with the Joint Chiefs Uh, And I presume potentially also with the Trump administration, because it was just a month before Trump's September 2020 executive order banning the use of uh, critical race theory vocabulary in the in the uniformed services that I shared these concerns with General Jay Raymond. And so, yes, I felt comfortable sharing uh, my concerns with senior military leaders. It doesn't mean that they were able to stave off. Uh, this revolutionary impulse that some senior leaders seem intent on pushing, and that, of course, has been nearly impossible to stave off since the Biden administration uh, came into power. But uh, I did have service members coming to me, both unsolicited at first, and then later as a result of mandated um, uh, race down days or extremism down days, is what uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin called them, I had people coming to me to offer their feedback and their criticism of the direction that we were headed because they simply felt like we were being distracted constantly from what our operational mission needed to be, which in my case was the nation's missile warning and missile defense. Uh, So, yeah, very negative reception, except among some minority of the population, which tends to be activist in nature. Uh, They seem to use um, the opportunity to push a political agenda and to even take to their social media accounts to, while Trump was in office, attack Trump. They've never been held accountable for that kind of activism. And now that the Biden administration uh, is in office, of course, their activism doesn't seem so radical or activist anymore because it's the party line. Right. I mean, if you want to talk, if you want to get on your social media accounts and you want to talk about how we've got a white nationalism problem, you're not going to get in trouble for that or a a white supremacy problem or a systemic racism problem and start pushing uh, a CRT or a DIE, uh, Marxist-rooted agenda, on your social media platforms, for example, or even in the workplace. You're, of course, uh, able to use the party line to push that agenda now. And and what's fascinating and sad and, and dangerous is that if you disagree with that party line, and you, it doesn't feel right to you, or you, you believe that it's politically motivated, to say so is to be labeled politically partisan. That's a dangerous position to put our military in because they know they're supposed to be apolitical. And, and despite the hyper-politicized work environment they find themselves in, they're somehow supposed to remain apolitical, which means, in reality, stripping them of uh, any of their own personal views. They're not allowed to express their personal views if they don't happen to align with uh, the current regime's uh, narrative of race relations in the country. That's how inverted it all is, Matt, where they're importing this neo-Marxist political agenda. And if you're in the military and you raise a concern about that and say, look, I'd like the institution to remain apolitical, that is the thing that's considered the political statement. How messed up is that? Right. Very much. In fact, that's why I, as you mentioned, lost my job. It, it's unbelievable. Was, so so talk to us right. about that, um, Matt, because you made a decision to write this book. And again, the title of the book is called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Once you decided to put pen to paper or tap it out on your laptop mm-hmm. computer, you knew that that was going to be the end of your career. And still you decided to go forward because it was that important to you. Uh, it was important. I understood it might be the end of my career, but I wasn't certain. I was hoping it would be uh, met with um, 
I don't want to kid myself. Um, I was hoping that what it would do is change the dialogue within the uniformed services. And in fact, it has done that. It has not stopped the uh, Marxist agenda. It's full steam ahead. But there are far more people aware of the problems that we're facing. Uh, it got the attention of uh, a number of the members of Congress who were very supportive of me uh, after I'd been fired. But it was only because using the chain of command as a lieutenant colonel in command of a Space Force unit, using the chain of command seemed ineffective. Uh, and by ineffective, I mean uh, completely not effective. Um, I, there was an absolutely no attempt to hold um, radical left-wing activists accountable for their political activism in uniform. And after having written a formal complaint to the Space Force Inspector General's office in November of 2020, unfortunate timing for me because that was uh, the presidential election time frame, uh, and having that dismissed uh, outright in writing, uh, formally just dismissed on January 7th the day after the Capitol riot, that I, I realized that writing a book about this is necessary. Putting it out to the American people is necessary. Otherwise, we're going to lose our military. Mm -hmm. uh, I still think we're in jeopardy of losing uh, our military, uh, our military cohesion, our military readiness and lethality, because the activists uh, currently in charge of the agenda continue to pursue it. And so, yeah, we've got we've got some serious challenges on our hands. And uh, I think, you know, I'm a part of a nonprofit, by the way, STARS is the name of the nonprofit, S-T-A-R-R-S uh, dot U-S is the website, two R's, uh, that's uh, been founded and is run by uh, high-ranking uh, military veterans who are trying to tackle this problem. And uh, there are there are this there's this group and other groups out there who are doing their darndest uh, to preserve the integrity of our military uh, establishment. And it's a real it's really an uphill battle at this point, as you are very well aware. Yes, because military is such a huge, sprawling institution, and every institution in America has been affected by this kind of politics, and that's why it's going to take, first of all, it's going to take a president, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or someone else, but it's going to have to take a president who has the political will and the courage to take this on and just uproot all of this rot root and branch, Matt, and, and that's, that's going right. to take a lot of political courage and willingness to take a lot of incoming um, to do this. But I, I mean, look, our national security is at stake. Th these are life and death issues. It's like talking about law enforcement, but the U.S. military is, th they've got one job, which is to fight and kill the enemy and fight and win wars. Right. That's it. It's not, it's not about pronouns and it's not about gender reassignment surgery. Right. This is about fighting fighting and killing the enemy before they can kill us. That's it. And the fact that we have gotten so far afield is it, it's so dangerous. It's so outrageous. I'm glad that you're staying on top of it. Where can people find out more information about that group that's working on this? And, and can we support you? Sure. Yeah, uh, people can find my work at MatthewLohmeyer.com. Uh, I've also got a a new, newer podcast or and YouTube show, The Matt Lohmeyer Show. And I try and interview some of the pilots right now, in fact, and other military service members who are being purged uh, because of the uh, COVID shot mandate, um, among other reasons. But also the group that I mentioned is STARS, uh, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S is the website. It stands for Stand Together Against Racism and Radicalism. It's effectively an anti-Marxist organization that's trying to keep our military apolitical. And so people can go to that website and support the organization there. Oh, that's fantastic. And before you guys start emailing me, Matt's last name is spelled L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R, Lohmeyer. Um, you know, Matt, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And, and I want to thank you for issuing this very important wake-up call. You staked your career on the line. You got fired for it. But it, in retrospect, of course, it was worth it because we're talking about the country and we're talking about the safety and security of the American people and America's interests around the world. So you have dedicated your life to that mission and you continue to do so. So I want to thank you for being here and also for literally putting yourself on the line, not just for us in the country, but also to expose what's going on. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you.
Yep. Thank you, Monica. You bet. Lieutenant Colonel Matt Lohmeyer. His book is called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Go get it. Go read it and steep yourself in, in this because the future of the nation depends on it. I'm Monica Crowley. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, time now for the Wednesday email bag. If you want to send me an email, the address is Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what's on your mind. All right, on the subject of climate change hierarchy, Chris writes, we are less than 4% of the world population. The other 96% will pollute more each day. You are correct. Control, power, and money. He says, Obama is the local potentate. Biden is a victim of elder abuse. How sad. Best regards, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris. First of all, it is true that because the world's most populous countries, China and India, are doing nothing on climate, instead focusing on actually growing their economies, what we do on climate is like spitting into the ocean. Zero effect. But the Democrat communists who lead us believe in hamstringing us so that those other economies pass ours. It is all about reducing America. We talked about this earlier in the show with regard to the military, but it's the same thing with the economy. It's about hobbling, crippling, and ultimately destroying the United States so that all of these other countries pass us by. They want us to fall behind because remember, They do not think that we are worthy of power, never mind superpower status, and they don't believe that we're good enough or moral enough to lead. So they're doing everything they can to take us down. That's it. And as for it being sad, Chris, that Biden is a victim of elder abuse, I respectfully disagree. It is infuriating that we are in this situation with a president with dementia and, and his Marxism. And we talked about this again earlier in today's show. It is infuriating that we are here because the left's power brokers installed him because he was a malleable puppet. We don't feel sadness, Chris. We feel fury that the country is in this position, weak and stumbling because our weak and stumbling president Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate that. Okay, guys, you want to shoot me an email? Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. That is going to do it for me here on this Wednesday. Another big show coming up on Friday. So have a great rest of your week as we get to the end. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And thank you for checking out our fantastic sponsors on the show. We all appreciate that as well. All right, be well. I'll see you on Friday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.